Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. Imagine if your entire life, your identity was tied up in your job, your career, and in one phone call conversation, that was gone. That's what we're talking about today. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the podcast that talks about getting unstuck in the areas of faith, family, fitness, finances, and future possibility in the hopes of inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of beyond the rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry, and in just a moment, Brandon Cunningham is going to join me as we have a conversation with Cher Lynn Decker, author of the book, Roar Back. And she's going to share with us her story about getting that phone call one day and her career as an executive was gone in an instant, in a flash, because her position had been eliminated. And she had an identity crisis. Everything she was about was tied into that job, and it was gone. It forced her to take a look into her life and what really, truly defined her. And when she found that secret, she was able to roar back and claim back territory for her life and set a new stage and create her own path. And that's why we have her on the show, because chances are you've had an experience like that or you know somebody who has, where in an instant, everything that you stood for or thought you stood for was taken away and it forced you to really think about what really matters. So sit back and relax unless you're doing something vital, then play us in the background as you take care of that thing as we have our conversation with Sherilyn Decker. Here we go. All right. Hey, Brandon, welcome back from lunch. And you are still wearing the same outfit from the last two recording sessions we had. Our wardrobe department is not here today. They, we gave them Friday off, and that was probably a bad idea. I, I appreciate that you let me call you out, and you don't call me out in return. So that's cool. <laughs> He's put on four different outfits in a audio-only recording situation, so it makes sense. Yeah. We, we still haven't even asked about the makeup person. That's just true. why. She should be here by now, I think. I don't know. What time is she coming? <laughs> yeah, she was already here. We need makeup. We, I just kept the makeup to myself. My bad. Yeah. <laughs> well, now I know you don't just randomly wear makeup. That's good. Not anymore. <laughs> so now this has it's part of like spiraled downhill because it's like two o'clock where we are right now. And yeah, two guys with ADHD. How do we stay focused? We don't. Uh, we actually have here calling in from Denver, Colorado, the Denver area of Colorado, Cheryl Lynn Decker, author of Roar Back. How are you doing? Hey, Brandon. Sorry, I was stuck in makeup. They were putting on some eyelashes. I don't know why, because this is an audio podcast, but you know, hey, whatever. Yeah. You got to look good for Skype. Or, but we still, what are we doing? Zoom. We're doing Zoom. <laughs> I think somebody said there wasn't enough makeup in the budget for you. That's why. <laughs> that's, that's probably true. I'd have to get up at like three o'clock in the morning to come up here, be in makeup uh, for a few hours. Oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. Oh. <laughs> okay, so the reason why we have Sherilyn on is uh, her book, Roar Back. And just her whole platform very much aligned with what we talk about here at Beyond the Rut, which is, you know, to, to make your own path and live the life you always dreamed of, uh, Beyond the Rut. Beyond what? the Rut. I know. We I should make saying, a commercial about what? that. I think we did. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> when you look at, you know, what are the five areas that, you know, we focus on to have that balanced life, to have that life of success, you know, the kind of five key areas that we work on, our faith, our family, Food. our fitness, yep. fitness. which is Food falls into that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah the five Fs. <laughs> uh, and then what was the fourth one? Fi- uh, finance. 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 And is this a quiz, man? <laughs> and then uh, our future possibilities. There so future go. growth, development, that kind of thing. Um, so 
very much grounded in faith is the message that Sherilyn has in her book, Roar Back. But then when you read it, you're like, oh, this applies pretty much to all those circles that we've talked about. So what I loved about the book is learning how to be a lion tamer is harder than I thought it really was. I think you read the wrong book. Oh, Roar Back. Oh, yeah, I may have picked up the wrong book. Now that I think that had a bunch of pictures in it, yeah. And like a guy you in the may have seat. meant lion trainer, nah. not lion tamer. We're all looking to figure out how to find that inner lion. How about that? There you go. That's what I got out of the book. There we go. <laughs> uh, well, uh, Sherilyn, thank you for joining us and coming on board. And uh, thanks for still being on. Now, I am glad to be here. This is so much fun. <laughs> awesome. Good. Because <laughs> if it's anything, it's going to be fun. Um, and then hopefully it's entertaining and educational, educational. for everybody who's on uh, right now. Um, so you mentioned in the book that part of what inspired you was, so the book Roar Back, um, one part, uh, you experienced a job loss and you had to bounce back from that. And uh, an inspiration that you had was from a documentary about lions and how they mark their territory by roaring. Hey, and, I was partially right there. Yeah, that it was gives about me goosebumps, Stephen, to hear oh. you say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, when I read the part where they marked their territory, I was like, Oh, and then I read the rest of the sentence. I'm like, oh, by roaring. Okay, <laughs> by roaring. yeah, that, okay. that makes sense. I've heard lions roar before. I have a dog that yeah. does that a lot. <laughs> um, so tell us about, um, I guess, that, that pivotal moment where you, you did have that job loss and you kind of had the, you're kind of stuck in a rut in a sense. And then you had that aha moment where you decide, I'm going to roar back. It was more than a rut. I would say that my butt hit the pit. Yeah, <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I came from, a, I was in an executive leadership position and I was a breadwinner. Mm. And in one phone call, we lost 60% of our income. Wow. Those little words, I'm sorry, but your position has been eliminated, did more than that. It completely decimated my life. And not just the financial piece, because that's the obvious that everybody's like, oh my gosh. But it really rocked who I was because all of my identity was attached to what I did. The title, the status, the money, all that stuff, right? And when it stripped away and I sat at the bottom of that place, it was, who am I? Now what? What do we do? Because yes, I totally saw God move financially and we can talk, we can go any direction you want here. Totally saw God move financially. But what the real work that he did was not just showing me my identity, but giving me a voice, letting me see that there was so much power in my tongue the ability, Proverbs says, that the tongue will either build up or tear down. And so here I was without a job, you know, without my identity, without everything I thought that I was, and I could choose to speak negative things over myself, or I could choose to dig in and say, okay, God, who do you say that I am? And who do you say you are? Because at the heart of what I needed was God's character as a father as a provider, as a protector. Um, you know, I needed his security. I needed his comfort. I needed all of these things that were attributes of God to fully become and completely cover me while I was in this place of, of pain. And so when I did watch that documentary and they were talking about lions and how they protect their territory, my territory was pretty much being threatened <laughs> by, right. by my finances, by my bad thoughts, by all of these things that were kind of coming at me from all kinds of different directions. And I realized that inside of me, 
God had buried the word of God. I had buried the word of God by meditating on it, by, you know, doing all of my reading, by, you know, memorizing scripture, by singing all these songs. And then out of me, it started to stand on what God had said. Well, you said you would provide. You said that if I give thanks, it will multiply this food and feed the multitude that's in my house. Now, I didn't have a, you know, 5,000 women and children in my house. <laughs> That's always a good idea. But still, sometimes when you're in that place, you need your food to not go bad. Like, right. so many tangible things the way that God would say that. And he would be like, I defend my territory based on what comes out of my mouth. And so um, that really resonated with me really strongly. I love that because you're voluntarily either giving away your territory or protecting your territory, your lack of roar is also giving away your territory. I'm okay with everybody taking everything I have and my identity and whatever. I'm not going to do anything about it. And I guess my first question would be how far into your faith had you had you been like has this been a lifelong faith when this happened? And would you describe yourself as kind of a lukewarm Christian prior to this? So I was a Jesus girl, still am. Um, raised in the church ever since I was in utero. Mm -hmm. And at this particular season of my life, I was a worship leader. I'm on stage every single weekend, microphone in hand. (laughs) Yeah. So I I wouldn't say I was lukewarm. I would just say I wasn't offensive. Wow. And what I mean by that is I did not realize what my true armor of God was. I didn't Mm -hmm. realize that the sword of truth that I carried around every single week that I had hidden in my heart was actually meant as a weapon. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize what it looked like to actually put on shoes of peace in my chaotic circumstances. So I didn't realize how to be offensive with the circumstances that were hitting my life in my faith. I would say, you know, I was attending the Bible studies. I was leading some of them. I was serving. You know, we were there every time the door was open. So I wouldn't say I was lukewarm, but I would say I wasn't, I wasn't, um, I wasn't roaring. That's for right. sure. I, I love that, that you can put all of that in perspective because I'm the same way. I grew up in church and been there ever since. But I, I have a really good friend, pastor, that he's a mentor to me, and he said this a long time ago. But he said, I've been a Christian my whole life, but I've only been a Christ follower for a few years because I was just part of the club. I was a card-carrying member or whatever. But once I started to get offensive about it and build my territory and start building his kingdom for him, it became a different story. I didn't just take my faith lightly. I love that word kingdom. Kingdom is two words, kings, dominion. And on the East Coast, that's an amusement park. But I want... (laughs) But I want to put it in perspective that we have dominion. And what dominion means is I have to defend my territory. It means something's going to come in. The enemy comes to seek. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy, which means I have to be alert that he's coming and be watchful for him and then know what I need to do to tell him to back off and realize that I have the authority inside of my space, inside of my dominion to do just that. Um, Kingdom means freedom. When I stand in the place of freedom, um, I can operate from the place of the full victory that Christ paid for for me. Wow. I might just play this podcast on Sunday rather than preaching. I think it would probably go. be more effective. I love that because – and I, I've 
said something like that before about, you know, if, if the Bible says Satan's coming after you, not maybe or potentially, or if you do A, B, and C, then he will do A, B, and C, but it's definitive. He, he's absolutely going to come at you. He's not going to come at you the same way he comes at me because you have different weaknesses and I have different weaknesses. But that, that dominion, that, that authority that you have usually is like you said, you had the sword, but you didn't use it. You never pulled it out. You didn't, you know, brandish it, as they say, and nobody knew you even had it other than you. What good is a weapon if it just stays in the the back of the car or wherever it is? You know, it's a Bible that just sits on a shelf. It's a useless book if you don't actually open it and, you know, put it into practice. And and speaking that truth in authority is completely different than just, you know, screaming at the top of your lungs, unfairness, I got fired for no reason, or they cut back my position. It was unfair and everybody cheated or whatever it's like what does that give you i have authority they they didn't take anything from you they took what you thought was your security and forced you into finding real security Mm, yeah yeah that's Mm. good wow maybe you have your message right there that was good i'm thinking i need to write that down (laughs) (laughs) i'll give you a copy of the recording (laughs) and and that's what our podcast is all about is just people that maybe don't want to leave that security. And I'm sure you didn't want to leave your job because you had a million reasons to keep it, obviously. But had you not gone through that, you wouldn't be where you are right now. You wouldn't be the, the author or the worship leader or even the child that you are now had you not gone through that. That's exactly right. And so I think when Paul is it um, when he's telling Timothy that we need that that our trials cause you know they grow we grow in perseverance we grow in character all of these things happen in the wine press and we don't like to be in a place where we're crushed we don't like to be in a place where we are poured out we don't like to be in a place where in we're in that rock hard place crucible moments we don't but that is where our faith is developed that is where our sword is sharpened that's when we realize oh i have this armor maybe i should figure out how to use it <laughs> yeah. Instead of just lugging it around and telling everybody about it, actually utilize it for something. So whenever you uh, went through this and then you you realized that you're not speaking the truth that you should speak and, and the authority that you speak, what made you think, I need to write this into a book? Because I'm sure your life would be easier had you not written a book. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the, so it started with just sharing um, my heart inside the pages of my journal. And that reflection period of really where I was in that place. And then, you know, here I am, I'm in this pit, and I'm reading a devotional on the couch in this forced sabbatical that God <laughs> has put me in. Every opportunity to get a new job is closing. And my husband's like, I don't know what's going on. And I began to get this dream. And I didn't share the dream with anybody. And I had this dream of me speaking and writing and coaching and having a retreat center and all kinds of different things. Not all of it. Am I walking in fully? And my husband's like, well, what book are you reading? And it's by a you know a Christian woman and she, and she does those things. And I tell him who she is. And he's like, well, how come you can't do that? <laughs> and he spoke. He spoke purpose. He spoke destiny. He spoke future. He, he prophesied over me. He didn't know he was doing that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. And so out of that place came this purpose, came this place where my trash becomes my treasure, as they say, right? Where my pain was going to serve me. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're going to come and you're going to take something from me, you know, you're going to pay back what the enemy has to come. <laughs> when he's caught, he has to pay back 10 times. I'm so waiting right. for the full restoration. But I'm claiming <laughs> that. That's a promise from God. I'm keeping the books. all of us. <laughs> yes, I am keeping the books. And that's Absolutely. funny that you say that because a couple of years into this journey, God told me to do the math. He told me to write down everything the enemy has stolen and put a dollar value on it. Wow. Because when it comes to full restoration, what does that look like? And I want to be able to give him glory for when I get there to see, oh, look, that's that number that you restored. That's, and I know what that means. That's significant to me because that means I've seen the fullness of the restoration, not the multiple, not the, the repay, not the full payment or multiplication of the payment, but the, what was been restored. And we're not there yet, but we're getting there. I love that. And husbands, if you're listening to this and wives, you could have spoken, uh, you know, you can't write a book. You're not as good as her, a speaker as her, or, you know, God's not really using you for that. We can speak those words into our spouses too. It's not necessarily life. It's death. We can speak too. We can say, you're not good enough. You know, you're, you're never going to write a book. Nobody's going to read your book or whatever it is, but you didn't take that. The other thing that I would say, pay attention to is what you said about, you know, if if God's word is true, and some of us believe it is, <laughs> and if you say you believe it is, then it is, but you should be paid back. That means that you got to go get it. The devil's not bringing it back saying, here, here's your job back and your money and a check and blah, blah, blah. You got to go take that back. It's not given mm-hmm. back. Yeah. When David was con- was came back from, uh, I think, one of his with his mighty men somewhere and he came back and he realized all of his family, all of his assets, all of his animals were gone. He asked the Lord, you know, what do I do? And he says, go get it. Right. And so he goes to Ziglag, right? And he gets all of the stuff and he comes back with even more. Right. So not only did he bring back his stuff, he plundered the enemy's camp. And we have to see that. Wait a minute. The enemy has his own assets. And daggone, if some of those might just be mine because he took my territory. <laughs> right. And, and that's so I like key. to believe that. I, th- I think sometimes we think we're not, as Christians, supposed to go out there and take back what is ours, but also whatever is God's. We're supposed to bring that back in, especially if that was what we were supposed to do. And a lot of us are like, well, I'm going to go sit on the curb outside the business I just got fired from and cry and, and bemoan the world for being against me. Did when, you see me? Oh, my gosh. No, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've done that a couple of times. But I also got that feeling of God's like, so what are you going to do now? Rather than what am I going to do? What's God going to do? It's like, what are you going to do with what God's given you? And sometimes we want God to supernaturally do something when God's like, I've given you everything you need. You just think that you have, you don't have everything you need, but that's you, not God. And it comes, it looks different than we think because my plundering of the enemy camp right now is taking my story and sharing it with you guys. Right. And everyone who's listening, to our voices today. We are plundering the enemy's camp because my story is hopefully giving someone else hope that they can do it too. That's the definition of testimony, right? Do it again, God. And so if you did it for her, if you did it for Brandon, if you did it for Jerry, do it again for me. And so if we can say that and say, okay, then our testimony multiplies and then our testimony takes the enemy's, then we, then we do have dominion. When God was telling Adam to go into the earth and to subdue it and have dominion over it, this is what he meant. He meant that we have to you know, go pursue those places that, you know, um, and take God's authority into those places. And the 
restoration and how that comes is up to God. We just have to do our part. And for me right now, that's sharing the story of walking through this season. So would you say people, it would it would be valid to describe you as now you are very much on the offensive and prior to this, you were maybe not even defensive, just kind of, uh, I don't know, standing around? It's definitely changed the way I pray. <laughs> um it was not, oh, you know, oh, please, God. It wasn't from a position of a beggar. I recognize I'm his daughter, and I can go in and ask him for whatever's already mine. Right. And if Jesus paid for it, then I want it, and I want it to its fullness. And there's still places that I, you know, I'm waiting for. I have some hearing loss. I'm still waiting for God to bring that restoration. You know, there are places that I haven't quite yet seen, right. you know, God's fullness in that area. And so I'm continuing to pray for that. But it's changed my prayers in such a way of, I mean, offensive is just the best word for it. It's, I don't, st- I stand from the place of victory that says, this is mine. God has given it to me and I'm going to wait and I'm going to pray and I'm going to, I mean, not necessarily demand because that's wrong, but just standing from a place of saying, Hey, God, you said right here that you said yeah. your prom- your promise is this. And there's tons of them in the Bible. Like we could just spend <laughs> like, a, that's an entire podcast just talking oh, about yeah. the promises of God, right? Every episode, you'd never run out because there's I, so many. Exactly. But to talk about the promises of God and stand on those. So I would really encourage people who are listening. What is it that is happening in your life? And what does God say about it? Because there's a promise in his word for that situation and find that promise and stand on it and believe it because if he said it, it will happen. His word will accomplish what he set it out to do. Wow. I think what people do, and I've done this too, and even being a pastor, I still do this at times where I think I I listen to myself or other people or the TV, the internet or whatever it is. Even though I tell people that God's word is truth, why am I not listening to it? What what changes in our mind to get us to that point where we believe God's word, but we don't believe it about us? It's kind of a loaded question, but. <laughs> that is, but that kind of speaks to our insecurities about whether or not we truly believe that God's promises are for me. That that's exactly where I wanted you to go because I I know somebody's listening going well that's okay for her, you know she's a worship leader her husband said this or this happened or whatever, but the Bible is not about you it's about me, and if we look at it from that standpoint it's not about other people it's about me. He wrote it to me. There's 66 love letters to me, and yes it applies to you too. But he wrote it to me, and a lot of times. I've run into people that's like, well, I understand that's true about Jerry or that's true about you or it's true about your kid or whatever, but it's not true about me. It's like, well, the Bible's either true about you or it's not. And if you don't think it is, that's tragic, but quit going to church and professing it or live it out in an offensive way. Believe it, stand on it, get use your dominion to build that kingdom. And here's where we start, right? Because faith is the evidence of things not yet seen. And that means I have to believe it before it happens. And that's okay, because that's where we all start. We all start in a place of, I don't know what this looks like, God, but I'm choosing to trust you here. And then he says, he gives us to us, our faith is the size of a mustard seed. And that means we all have to have it grow. And we grow those things, that area of our faith by trusting him in areas we haven't trusted him before. When I lost my job, I was the queen of my finances. 
I was providing all of my needs, not God. I had to really come into alignment with the right way to do things. And then I'm just like, okay, I don't know where it's coming from, God. You called me to do this, your will, your bill, you figure it out. I don't know how we're going to do this, but I trust that you will. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use CapShow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into CapShow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. CapShow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. I like that. It, it, if we don't believe it before we see it, then why do we believe the opposite before we see it? You know, I'll never get that job. I'll never rebound from this. I'll never have a relationship or whatever. Why do we believe that versus God's promises? Mm, because that's the enemy trying to steal from you what is rightfully yours or what could be yours by getting you not to proceed and not to go forward. I remember hearing somebody tell me once, the answer is no, unless you ask. Yep. That's true. And asked her to play. Like, right. well, you were sitting on the couch. Did you tell your dad you wanted to turn? No. Well, then if you <laughs> if you no. don't ask if you could have a turn, he's not leaving you out on purpose. He loves you. And sometimes that's just as simple as saying, hey, God, you love me so much. I know you're going to provide a job for me. I know you're going to provide finances for me. I know you're going to heal my marriage. I know you're going to heal my, you know, my ears. I know you're going to heal whatever these things are and trusting that he's working it out and that he will. He says he will open doors for us that no man can shut. That is a <laughs> promise I want. Open doors no one can shut. This is, you know, and this is more than just give me the front parking spot at the grocery store. This <laughs> right. is you will open doors no one can shut and you will give me the favor among men. Hmm. I like that. And I think as Christians, we've kind of been told you're not supposed to ask for things. You're not supposed to be greedy or demanding or, you know, and, and bully people into getting what you want and stuff. And that's just a different concept than asking God who, who tells you he wants to give it to you. So if you're like your daughter sitting in front of a Nintendo not playing, that's your choice. Don't blame God for that. Don't say God didn't show up because you never told God you wanted it. You just kind of sat there and suffered. And as Christians, we tend to sit and suffer too much rather than stand on those promises and move forward and ask for what we ultimately want. I'm hitting all kinds of things. That'll preach. <laughs> there you go. I'm probably going to add that on Sunday too. But uh, <laughs> So what is the one thing, the one big idea out of this book that you would hope people reading it would get and really take action on? I want you to find a promise from God in the word and speak it over yourself. And you don't, if you don't know where to start, I can help you. You can go to my website, SherilynDecker.com forward slash beyond the rut. And I'll make sure you have that link and it will give you a place to get five declarations. And in all of those areas you talked about, family, um, finances, future, our job, 
and our health. I have five prayers there that you can get. And these are not little pithy statements that you can put on a sticky note. I mean, it fills up two pages printed out single spaced. So, I mean, it's easy, and but it's all scripture. These you can pray over yourself and you can stand on these promises of God and says, hey, you have no favorites, God. Romans says he has no favorites. And so that means if he'll do it for me, he will do it for you and stand on the promises of God and watch him show up. I like that. And and he wants to. I think that's yeah. what frustrates me the most. It's kind of, and I'm going to keep picking on your daughter just because you brought it up, but it, it, it's like your husband sitting there going, I wish she would play the Nintendo and even speaking it and writing it down somewhere and handing that copy out to 500 million people. And your daughter's still sitting there not playing Nintendo. And it's like, so if this is what everybody wants, including you, it is just you that's not asking for that. Now, I will preface that by saying that there might be a reason God says no. He does say no a lot, and that's good. I'm thankful he said no to me on a number of occasions, because some of the stuff I've asked for was not good for me, and ultimately I shouldn't have had. But we don't always know that until we ask, God, what? And you don't have to ask for a job at you know, Google, you may have to ask for a job. What what job should I have? Is it worship leader, mailman, ditch digger, whatever it is, that that may not look like you said what you think it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. And going back to the Nintendo, it was a gift. It was <laughs> exactly. a gift she got at Christmas. It's yours. Yeah. What God has for you is yours. You uh, When we don't ask for it, it's like leaving our inheritance on the table. It's. I mean, have you ever shown up to a birthday party and there's all these presents and they don't open one of them? <laughs> no, that's silly talk. We'd be like, hey, even if you show up at the party and you're bringing the gift, you're like, open mine, open mine. And God's saying, hey, open mine. And yet we don't ask. We don't open the gifts he has for us. And And sometimes I would say we open the gifts and then put them on a shelf and don't ever use them. You know, at some point in your life, God gave you the ability to write and speak, and maybe for however many years, you weren't using that ability. You were just kind of holding it. Maybe you didn't recognize it. Your husband did, fortunately, but once you saw, wait, I got this gift sitting up here collecting dust. I'm not using it. And and I'm a firm believer, and I can't prove this biblically, but I just believe it, that when we get to heaven, we're going to see the impact we had, good or bad. The people that maybe we just smiled at or tipped really well or encouraged or whatever, we're going to see some of those impacts that our life actually have. And I think most of us are going to be shocked by our impact, how big it was, but also by the number of opportunities we probably missed because Mm -hmm. we didn't write a book or we didn't do that podcast or speak because somebody you've spoken to, somebody's read your book, you will never, ever meet, never have anything to do with, and they'll never reach out to you, but their life is changed because of you. And that's Mm -hmm. a heavy, heavy burden, one we have to take seriously. Yeah. And the word does say that he has storehouses. And he has storehouses for us. And he says to open the storehouse. I want to get to heaven and have my storehouse be empty because I used it all. Oh, wow. Because I asked him for everything that was in it. (laughs) That's good. Can you imagine getting there and him saying, look at all this. You lost a job that was really meager compared to what I had for you. But you never even knocked on the door, much less opened it. It's like, ah, that's it. So what's on the other side of that? Yes. (laughs) 
That's cool. I like that. When I get there, I want it to be empty. That's a great way to look at that. So if you get a chance, watch our service on Sunday online because <laughs> you probably, oh, wait, I said that. I told him that. Uh, I heard a pastor say one time, God gave you eyes to plagiarize. He said, unless oh you're writing goodness. a book. But if you're preaching, you can steal anything from anybody. <laughs> I think King Solomon says there's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> right, exactly. There you go. <laughs> So what's next for you now that you've written a book and your life's perfect and you have no struggles? What What's next for you? <laughs> oh, I wish. You know what? I receive that word that there, there is go. nothing. There's no more struggles. I receive that word. Um, you know what? Right now is just about just sharing, sharing the message, sharing the work, sharing the what it looks like to stand and really figure out what it looks like to stand in this promised land. Um, the book is out, the message is out, getting it in people's hands, getting the feedback, because the next step is really, okay, we've got the book. Now, how do I help you put application to it? And that's really kind of the next step that I want to know. Um, from those who are listening, you're reading the book, you know, hey, shoot me DMs on Instagram or Facebook, message me or whatever. Let me know how you want to apply that, because that's what I want to do. We want to serve people and help them get this message into their bloodstream. And what does that look like? I love that because when you do something with that extreme generosity of just service, you'll be paid back thousands of times over with that kind of generosity. God will keep using it with something. And But most importantly, you have to give feedback. You have to say, hey, you said this and this helped, or you said this and I didn't understand it, or it didn't help, or I, I'm confused. I need to go further. And and maybe they want to reach out and and investigate a little bit of this more. What's the best way to get a hold of you to get connected? So that link that I have for you guys at um, SherilynDecker.com forward slash beyond the rut has all of my social links, my Facebook, my um, Instagram, my Twitter, LinkedIn, all of them are my name with the exception of Facebook, which is um, Sherilyn Decker author, because I already had the personal one. <laughs> <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> so they're all my name. You can find me on social media there. Um, you can contact me through my website as well. And if they want to just come play Nintendo with your daughter, what's your home address? Uh, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> I'm not going to dox myself. I'm too. <laughs> just go to Virginia and look for her son. Is it your son that's at Virginia Tech? No, no, no. I went to Virginia Tech. <laughs> oh, you Tech. went to Virginia Tech. Okay, yeah, don't I, go to Virginia Tech looking for anybody. So. I might be there at a football game. You never know. Hey, there you go. She's hanging out at the... Uh, if we have In the alumni section. And all, yeah, the mm. alumni section. You you With know. all the old people, because that's what we all used to call <laughs> the alumni. Yeah, oh, exactly. Man. I don't want to be one of those old people. Oh, wait, now I'm one of those old people. Gosh. I remember, yeah, as an undergrad, making fun of that person returning to school in their late 30s, early 40s. I'm like, oh, look at this old person. They're so out of touch. And then I went back to school like at 35. <laughs> And I was the old man in the back of the room asking all the questions with all the life experience to go with the book experience or learning. And people just kept looking at me like, who's this old guy? I thought he was a teacher. Yeah, Why is he not at the front of the room? The I'm like, dang it. I'm that guy. <laughs> so kind of a it. reap what you sow kind of thing, I guess. And we'll make sure that link is in the uh, show notes so uh, you don't have to remember it if you're jogging or driving or something like that. When you get back to your uh, spot, you can look that up and we'll make sure you're connected. But mostly I would love to encourage people to read the book, but give feedback because that can help make the next book and the next 10 books and the next 10 people she speaks to better because you've given some feedback. And 
I, I would also encourage you to just live on those promises. You know, don't don't think this is just her promise or a promise, but they're for you too. And and you can speak that over your life. And if your husband or wife needs it, speak this over them too. You know, even if they don't think they need it, go speak it over them and and see what happens. I love That's that. That's a good word. Thanks, guys. <laughs> you bet. Thanks a lot for joining us. This is this is like a uh, what do you call it? adrenaline shot? And yeah. just like I'm ready to go preach right now. I, I got like <laughs> 36 hours before anybody shows up here, but <laughs> we'll get there. This is so fun. My face hurts from smiling so much. <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, awesome. We will make sure all that's in the show notes. And we, if you can't get a hold of her, let us know, and we will make sure that y'all are connected. And uh, we just really appreciate you coming on the show today. Thank you, guys. My pleasure. Let's get beyond the rut. Now, be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 255. There you'll find a link to Sherilyn's book on Amazon, as well as her website, SherilynDecker.com. And we'll most importantly, get that link to the free resources she mentioned that were put together for you. And that is the five truths or the five promises to speak over your life and how to pray over your life so that you are living in the identity that God has created for you. Now, we're glad you joined us this week, and the best way you can pay us back is to pay us forward. So share us with a friend, a family member, a coworker, or that neighbor across the street. And you know what? You'll make the world a better place, we hope. Now, we're also glad that you joined us this week, and we look forward to joining you again next week. But until then, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.